Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. On this episode of Trend Chat, we talk about the tragic shooting that happened in Alexandria um, on well, yesterday, with the representative um, Steve Scalise, and we talked with Rick Vasquez, former assistant bureau chief at the ATF, and we also talked a little bit about some of the sports news with um, the finals and also an upcoming fight, and we talked a little bit about huh, some movies and the, an event going on right now in Dallas with the Young Women's Leadership Summit. All that coming up on Trend Chat. To Trent Chat, I don't know if y'all heard that, but uh, yeah, see that's that what happens when I do this live. See, every, every now and then you probably hear little glitches and 
something like that will come up. So <laughs> I'm sitting here just to kind of take you behind the scenes of what just happened. I f <laughs> I'm sitting here talking when I said everything about, you know, what's coming up. And I totally forgot that I don't have my earphones <laughs> on my head. So when I when I said the last thing and I was going to play the song, I'm not hearing anything, wondering what's why I can't hear nothing. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe if I had my headphones on, I could hear. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know how long uh, a silence that was. I, I don't know if that was, if it was radio, they would be playing something like, oh, we're having technical difficulties. But, um, yeah, sorry about that. I, I totally forgot to even put my ear earbuds in to hear the music playing so so all that out the way this is trend chat and if you want to connect with us on social media whether it's facebook instagram instagram or twitter it's trend chat 24 7 across the board also write for politichicks.com and if you like to read some of my articles, just go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. And the new book by Politichicks is out on Amazon and Barnes & Noble called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, which features one of my articles about becoming a delegate last year. It is out now. Go get it. And it, you know, it has a a vast array of articles from a number of contributors of, of politics. So it's, uh, you know, over 300 pages of articles dealing on different issues, whether, um, whether it's education, healthcare, um, just social issues, politics in general, activism, uh, hence the name, a clearing call to political activism. And, um, uh, actually that's where my article is in, that section about activism. So, um, like I said, I'm pretty sure by now, here it is 10 o'clock on Wednesday. And, um, I'm pretty sure anyone who was listening here has, um, heard about the shooting in Alexandria, which is, um, for me is a, a place that I'm just now getting familiar with, because it was it's it's the only place in the D.C. area that I can park my truck when I whenever I make visits up there for various reasons. And and so I don't know exactly where the park was, where this happened, the baseball field. But, I, you know, in Alexandria, Virginia, uh like I said, that's the place where I park my truck from time to time. So, but like I said, I, I'm just not getting familiar with it. So I don't know all the area around. I just know the area around where the parking lot, where I park the truck. And, um, and like I said, I'm pretty sure everyone has heard about this shooting. If not, here's, um, just a, a brief, um, summary is, um, you had congressmen, representatives, and senators out there um, practicing for the congressional baseball game, which was tonight. And someone came out there 
now we basically has found out it was politically motivated for the most part, just going from this um, shooters, you know, from his uh, social media, his Facebook page and whatnot. And matter of fact, um, uh, Representative uh, DeSantos from, I think from Florida, has said that the shooter asked him who was out there in the field was the Republicans or Democrats and he said Republicans and um, then he proceeded to go out and um, shoot it, try to shoot as many people as possible at um, and actually struck a, a couple of people um, especially one in particular um, Representative Steve Scalise who isn't still and as last time I checked was in critical condition now and having the multiple surgeries um, from that um, shooting. And also uh, a number of other people were shot as well, but um, are improving. Um, so, so yeah, so all, all of that happened um, yesterday. And unfortunately it, a lot of people in the media, the media in, in general, for the most part, instantly try to make this into a gun control issue. And it's and oh, man, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about this, but it, if anyone heard Governor Terry McCullough mention <laughs> saying that 93 million people died a day from firearms. He's, he corrected himself later on. I, I will give him credit. But it's funny to me that he said it like that because to me, I felt like he knew the number was, nine, was 93, but he wanted to inflate that number to so bad that he just went to the to the, like the highest number he can think of. So he said 93 million, which is basically... Um, doesn't make sense if he if you you know thought it through but someone like him that's for gun control and wanted to steer it that way was so eager to to hype the number up as much as possible just to create as much fear basically um, for people about guns and I kind of get into this a little more with our interview with um, Rick Vasquez so I'm not going to um, go on and on about it but another thing i want to mention is that the the shooter who also who died as well and he died in surgery later on in the day but uh it turns out he was a bernie sanders supporter and very much against president trump and and republicans in in general um one thing that's also kind of has come up now is is because um, he was a Bernie Sanders supporter that that we kind of talk about the rhetoric from people from the left, and I'm not one of those people that's going to take it that far because I know as as a conservative too well that it, when you flip it around the other way, we know that we don't, um, 
we don't have other like whenever something happens say for instance or any sort of tragic shooting happens and if just for you know you know just for an example maybe they were listening to some conservative radio and then they want to blame whoever that conservative talk show host is for inciting violence and you know we're quick to say well that's not the case but that shooter should be responsible for the actions that he that he you know that he did so in saying that on our side when that, if that happens i'm not going to flip around and say just because he's been listening to bernie sanders and that you know we should have some um you know like law against speaking as inflammatory as it is or whatever as far as um anyone that's you know maybe speaking edge you know edgy language about either about you know anybody whether it's you know republican democrat conservative or liberal but i'm not for you know any sort of censorship like that um that's i mean that's the thing about having free speech so and i'm definitely not going to be in favor of trying to censor anybody either way just because of a tragedy that has happened that's not you know it's times like like these when you have a situation that really tests our resolve for freedom because whenever you have a situation happen it's it's real easy to make a knee-jerk reaction to like oh we got, no we need to do this to keep us safe like it's really it's really tempting it really is because you're in the moment and if it's happening to you if you're not really grounded in your principles it you can just flip that off real fast and get all wound up into into the moment and just really honestly just thinking about yourself and not really thinking about the bigger picture of freedom and liberty and you know i'm pretty sure someone might say you know that's kind of easy for you to say because it didn't happen to you that's true but i would hope that even if i would take it take something too far in my emotions about something that someone would say that like okay well no that's you know that's not right and you know let me know but but i will hope someone to say that as opposed to just letting me just go on on with my emotions just because i'm you know i'm not thinking rationally about it at that moment so yeah so um we like i said we talked more uh, about the not so much uh about the shooting in particular but we also talked about the uh type of um firearm that was used um uh, because it came out that it was a SKS rifle and it's you know as someone that's not as knowledgeable about firearms that but 
as I've mentioned before, especially after going to the NRA annual meetings that I'm looking to get more informed. And so we, like I said, we had um, Rick Vasquez to join us and we'll, um, we'll get with him uh, later on. So that being said, uh, so on, what was that Monday or Tuesday? Um, well, if you've been listening, when I talk about the NBA finals, you notice I'm just not really as engaged in it. So I think it was Tuesday, but, <laughs> oh my, yeah. Oh, it's Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. So, um, uh, go to state warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Unfortunately, you know, they didn't have the clean sweep. They didn't have the perfect postseason because they, you know, they lost on, oh man, they, they lost on Friday. <laughs> And so, yeah, so anyway, go to state Warriors won and it was four to one. So, you know, I saw the game. I was actually at Applebee's, so it was on. So I just, you know, watched it. And, um, and yeah, so I guess, you know, congratulations to them. And they just had the parade today. I did see that. Uh, well, saw it on Twitter at least. And, um, and the, I guess the right now the biggest question, at least politically, about them is is are they going to go to the White House if they're invited, or which at first um, I think someone you know posted a story saying that they have unanimously you know decided to not go to the White House and then. The team came out with a statement saying that that's not true. We haven't made a decision on going or not. And as of this moment, I haven't found any um, official statement from the team yet. But you're hearing from indiv- individual players kind of saying, well, I'm I'm not interested in going and whatnot. It's just it kind of seems like they're kind of beating around the bush. They kind of want to don't they don't really want to just say they're not going, which I I'm thinking they're not going to go and I wouldn't be surprised. And I honestly don't care if they don't go. Um, why would you want to go somewhere you don't want, you, you don't want to go to? Um, and whether it's the coach or Stephen Curry or it, uh, a number of other players, they have made their voice known that they don't like Donald Trump. So they've already said that. So, if you already know they don't want to go, then they ain't got to go. This is, I mean, for one, this ain't a summons. <laughs> they're not, they're not being, you know, dragged against their will. If they don't want to go, don't go. I was just thinking, may, is the whole team just not going to go? Because I'm thinking about maybe, you know, like the owner might go. And maybe the coach and a couple of players or just just them. But I'm thinking it's the whole team just not going to go. And I was trying to look up the last team or just at least the last NBA team that skipped the whole White House visit, meaning nobody went. And I, I didn't find anything just off my you know, basic research, <laughs> which was basically <laughs> typing in last team to not go to the white house on google <laughs> but 
Um, I'm pretty sure it's out there. I just may, probably missed it. And, well, I didn't care to put that much time into finding it. But, um, yeah, I won't be surprised they don't go. And personally, I I can understand that, actually, because I wouldn't want to wanted to go the past eight years. <laughs> In, if I had the opportunity, if someone asked me about going to the White House when Obama was there, I would not have cared to go. Um, the only way I would go just for the experience of going to the White House, but that ain't enough if you're not going to pay for my travel and my accommodations to for me to go there. If you're not going to pay for none of that, I still wouldn't want to go. Now, if you're going to pay for all that, then okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, it, it, I could take a day or half a day to go in and go out and that's it. I'm just saying that if, you know, when, when Obama was there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care to go. I just don't. And so, and on the flip side of that, now you have, you know, these players and they, you know, they feel the same way. They, like I said, they made their voice known about it. Fine. <laughs> whatever don't go <laughs> so um and uh, it, I, I was just thinking too that actually who would have went in the nba to the white house because if cleveland would have won they wouldn't i'm pretty sure they wouldn't have went san antonio absolutely not uh then again i'm also thinking about the warriors too maybe they might go and try to make some sort of statement it, they might try to throw a curveball at everybody. They're like, because everyone's just assuming that they're not going to go. And then the Warriors announce that, hey, we're going to go. And then they try to go there and, I don't know, they try to do some sort of subliminal, uh, try to be all subtle about their protest or something, um, take some sort of jab at President Trump while he's there or, or anything. Or just try to make some sort of big lofty speech about, you know, let's fight racism or whatever and do something like that to try to try to make a point of the send a message or whatever. Maybe that might happen, but like I said, we haven't heard anything uh, one way or another, uh, an official word. So now, um, now also we have gotten word that this, um, Money Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight is actually going to happen. A boxer is going to go against an MMA fighter. <laughs> and it's actually going to happen. It's beneficial. It's going to happen August 26th in Las Vegas. I make sure to not be in Las Vegas that day. I mean, it's not like I'm it, that I have to try hard, but I just know, make sure I'm not there that day. You know, funny. I actually thought about it for like two seconds. <laughs> when I saw it, like, maybe I should go to Las Vegas on that day. And, like, the next second, nah. No. <laughs> and I, I don't normally want to go to Las Vegas on a regular day. I'm not, why would I want to go then? So, but, um, but yeah, so that's going to happen. And <laughs> this ain't got, you know, no disrespect to Conor McGregor. He is a great, you know, he's a great fighter, MMA fighter. But in this case, we're talking about him going into a boxing ring. So it's basically he would be an amateur boxer, basically, um, going against someone who has been boxing for his pretty much his whole life. He's you know he's forty now, so I'm, 
I'm, I know he's been boxing for, boxing for at least over 20 years. And so <laughs> I just don't see this. But, hey, I don't know. I don't see this going Conor McGregor's way. <laughs> I don't see him winning this fight. But as they say, the term is he has a boxer's chance. He has, well, he has a puncher's chance <laughs> and to of winning. So, but it it also kind of reminds me of a movie. And I'm not, you know, not saying that Conor McGregor is like the character in this movie, but just a lot of other factors of the movie. Um, this movie called The Great White Height. <laughs> um, it was a funny movie, but it this kind of reminds me of this in so many ways because you have a black boxer going against an Irish <laughs> boxer, and then also you're playing on the fact that you know black against white, um, and so there's just you know the whole racial components and all that. So, but but that was a comedy, and <laughs> it kind of feels that way now, given. Depends on what happens in in the fight, uh, because if you haven't seen the Great White Height, and you know this is this is no spoiler. This is like this movie was in like '96 or something like that. But uh, you know, Damon Wayans was uh, I forgot his name in the movie, but um, you know, he was a boxer in the movie, and then you know he knocked out. The Irish guy who was uh, Peter Berg, I know, was the bo- boxer because, well, he's a director now, but it was one of his few acting roles and uh, <laughs> and knocked him out like really quick uh, after hyping up this fight for all this time. And then that happened. So uh, it just, you know, like you're having a black <laughs> black boxer versus an Irish fighter. And so it that reminded me of the movie, given the fact that I also I kind of like the movies. It's kind of funny. I know a lot of times the, <laughs> some lines come in my head, but it, I, I, I find it, it's a funny movie to me in, in parts. There's some parts I don't care for. But um, but, yeah, that's what I was thinking about as far as this um, Mayweather-McGregor fight coming up. And um, I remember I actually saw the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight at a Dave and Buster's that was packed to the ceiling. I remember I couldn't even find a seat, but I was standing up and, you know, I just, I was just there for the the last fight. I ain't watching none of the undercard. I actually wasn't even there for the whole fight itself. And I just, you know, just walked around standing up against the wall. Cause that's all the space they had. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be on August 26th. So <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not going to buy it. I wouldn't be surprised the pay-per-view would be like a hundred bucks this time. I don't know if it was how much it was for the Mayweather Pacquiao, but it's probably going to be like somewhere up in the hundreds probably for this. And, and it's probably going to break records for all we know. Now, now if, uh, if we were doing, I guess, video right now of the show, you will see I'm wearing a Socialism Sucks shirt from Turning Point USA, which that is what I'm wearing right now. And I say that because Turning Point is having an event that is actually going on now, started today, called the Young Women's Leadership Summit. Uh, and it has a, you know, a, a great number of speakers. Um, you actually had some that already spoke already had Ben Shapiro who who spoke today Tommy Lahren spoke earlier today 
And tomorrow you have uh, Carla Fiorina, uh, uh, Laurel Trump, uh, Kellyanne Conway was, will be speaking, and uh, Laura Ingram. And, you know, I can go on and on. Uh, friend of the show, Antonio Okafor, is actually hosting the whole um, summit. So, and yeah, it's um, it's a great event from an organization I really admire. I I think they're doing great work. It's you know, especially bringing in, engaging with you know, high school and college students, and just uh, just showing them that free market principles, limited government, you know, are just are the way to go. It just, and especially when it comes to going to these um, college you know, or high school campuses and just fighting the socialism that is rampant <laughs> in all these areas of academia. And, you know, like I said, they're, I think they're doing a great job as far as getting out there, engaging with um, some of the students in the campuses and just showing a different way that is definitely not being uh, promoted at all in the college campuses, high school campuses. So uh, this um, so like I said, they're having their young women's leadership summit here until Sunday. And I will get there tomorrow and we'll be covering it uh, for politics and also uh, looking to get uh, some interviews for the podcast for next week. So hopefully we'll have a good number. Who knows? Depends on how many interviews we have. We might be doing a five day uh, episode again, kind of like back in CPAC or three or four days. Well, who knows? It just depends on how many interviews, how, you know, how much time we have of the interviews as well. <laughs> so actually I'm in the preparation because th- there are, I think maybe at least over 15 speakers. So I want to do, I want to have more personalized questions for each one as opposed to just asking a bunch of general questions like I've done in at the NRA convention and CPAC. So I'm just kind of doing a little more research on the particular person and writing down. So if I get a chance to speak with them, I can get more, you know, have a more of a, in a personalized interview about for that, you know, that speaker, and um, so, so I'm kind of doing my little research now. I'm, you know, kind of, I guess I'm doing journalism things. So, <laughs> and um, so before um, we get to Rick Vasquez to talk more about the um, Virginia shooting, I just want to mention the Founder Project. Now, as much as I'm mentioning about the Founder Project, now I say go back and listen to two weeks ago. When we talked to Magadine with the Founder Project to talk about um, the organi- organization and what they're doing, what they're planning on doing. And shortly, basically, they're bringing civics to citizens to talk about founder documents like the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And if you want to know more, 
you can go to their Facebook page, The Founder Project. Search for The Founder Project and see if and you'll find their Facebook page and Facebook group. And if you want to know even more, you can at you know either check check out the Facebook page or go to um, our interview with Maggie Dine two weeks ago and where we talked with her for a little over 20 minutes about the founder project. So that's it about that. So now, you know, to just make sure you were informed about, about the founder project. And I guess one other thing I do want to mention is, um, cars three. Only reason I'm just going to mention that is because I, I do like watching cars, even though it is an animated movie. Um, but Cars 3 come out, and I'm pretty sure it's going to do well. Too bad the mummy, the mummy didn't do well at all. I saw the Mummy. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know what the reviews were saying about it not having the humor that the ones back in the 15, well, 15 years ago were made. I thought it was pretty good, but unfortunately it didn't do well with the critics and as well as the public. <laughs> so I don't know what that means for the whole dark universe they're looking to do with that. So. Anyway, that's that with the movies. Um, so like I said, we we spoke with um, Rick Vasquez and we talked more about the, basically about the uh, firearm that was used. And here is our, uh, here is our interview with uh, Rick Vasquez. Hello, this is Trent Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe, and we are pleased to have the former assistant branch chief at ATL, Firearms Technology Branch. Rick Vasquez, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We are, if anyone haven't already heard about the, the shooting that happened in Alexandria yesterday and a number of representatives out there or, well, and senators out there, uh, I would say a mentally deranged man come out there and open fire. All the media, all the news stories been out about it, and one of the things that has been focused on, especially, is the type of rifle that was used, or just the type of firearm. And I just found out that there was a particular rifle that I haven't heard of, but I'm, I don't know if people in our audience maybe knows, but tell us about the rifle in general. Well, it's an SKS, and as I said, I'm going to send you a flyer by email that shows you all the description and, and the complete name spelled out. And, and it was developed prior to the AK-47, and it's a semi-automatic, and it doesn't have a magazine, and it's fed from the top. You use a stripper clip, just like the old M1 Garand. And it was replaced early on in its career by the AK, so the majority of service it saw was, you know, with the peasants in, in Vietnam and and some of these uh, conflicts around the world were, were it was being given uh, as a surplus firearm. And it's made by several different countries to include Albania, Yugoslavia, China, and Romania. And it's now imported into the United States in a category called surplus military curl and relic firearm. So it's I use the term obsolete because... It is not used by any regular military forces today. So it comes into the country kind of as a, a collector rifle, an entry-level rifle, 
shoots the same caliber as the SK, uh, excuse me, as the AK, which is 7.62 by 39 millimeter caliber. So it is, a, it is a good cartridge that the firearm is using. It's allowed to come in with a bayonet lug and flash suppressor, and it is not an assault weapon. That's what a lot of people want to be calling an assault weapon. It is just a semi-automatic military-type firearm. Now, I said it only takes a 10-round magazine internally. Of course, when it gets to the United States, we are the United States, and somebody has found a way to modify it. So you can buy an aftermarket magazine that will replace the factory magazine and allow it to take a 30-round magazine. So that's kind of it and a quick overview of the firearm. Okay. And uh, now I know you mentioned as far as, I guess, the term that's always being used, especially in the media, assault rifle. Now, I was told that as far as that term, that is not a, not a correct term in the first place, right? That is correct. There was a law in the United States that ran from 2004 to 2010 where certain firearms were designated as an assault rifle. And the SKS was not even one of those when that law was in place. And in 2010, there was called a sunset provision in the assault weapon ban. And in 2010, that ban disappeared. So under federal guidelines, there is no such thing as an assault weapon. Now, there are many states that have implemented their own uh, assault weapon ban, and people in the firearms community refer to those as the communist states, and that's just a fun. <laughs> We're about California, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, uh, and New York, to name the majority of them. And they have developed their own assault weapon ban and created features similar, if not more rigorous, than the original federal assault weapon ban to prohibit ownership of certain firearms. The SKS in its original form is not even considered an assault weapon under California state law. Wow. That, and California is like one of the most strict you know, um, gun control states of all of them, right? Yes, correct. And because in its original form, it does not have a detachable magazine, and it only accepts 10 rounds. Now, I know there's been a new change in 2017, so by some reason that may fall into the California ban, but as I've heard recently, I'm not sure that it does. I know um, there was also another shooting in California as well at the UPS facility. And I know from what I've been reading on some of the media reports that they were using the term assault pistol as well. And so as far as what you were saying, as far as assault rifle, I'm, now I'm, they're trying to use the term assault pistols. It it was just something that kind of like, okay, they're just trying to put assault to any, any gun at this point, basically. But <clears throat> Well, California, as I told you earlier, does have a state assault weapon criteria. So not knowing what the handgun is yet, that handgun may fit their state weapon criteria to be considered an assault weapon. But there is no such thing as a federal classification of assault weapon anymore. Yeah. And, um, at this point, it's pretty much just trying to condition people to, to – 
for me, it just seems like they're trying to condition people to just be afraid of guns by just putting the word assault in it, even though, as you just uh, you just mentioned, that it, it, that's not a correct term anymore. So You're exactly right. The, the media is always trying to mislead the public and sway them to their ideology. And the ideology in the media right now is the attempt to ban firearms. So if I call something a scary term like assault weapon, then that gives more impetus to the congressmen and senators to find some type of way to restrict firearms ownership. Yeah. And, you know, and on, uh, going back to what happened in Virginia, um, what, another thing I was thinking about as far as um, natural recipro- um, reciprocity, and in this case in particular, because you have, you know, the congressmen, representatives, and, sen- and senators, they work in D.C., and obviously their laws are basically just pretty much like California. It's not stricter. But then you go into Virginia, and Maryland, you know, given if you work in D.C., you're pretty much going to go around those two states for the most part. And if you don't have natural reciprocity, that causes a, a major problem if you're, you know, trying to carry. I mean, am I correct in that? Well, national reciprocity, if it was ever passed, which I personally don't think it will for the simple reason that states have the right to set certain standards. But even if you had it, these congressmen, D.C. is not, would not be in there. D.C. has their own laws. Now, you can get a concealed carry in D.C., but it's a long, drawn-out process that they've developed to make it prohibitive and restrictive. But I'm sure any of those congressmen uh, could get a concealed carry in D.C. if they wanted to. I, I, I'm sure they could expedite the process on their behalf. But, but on the other hand... I, I personally think that uh, that maybe they should hire somebody. I don't want to use the term bodyguard, but a person that'll keep an eye on them, a driver that keeps them secure, uh, doesn't even have to have a firearm, that stays alert because these guys are always on the go. And even if they had a gun, who's going to give them the adequate training to engage an adversary? So I think I think a better answer because some of those congressmen I sure don't want Senator Schumer to have a firearm. Who knows? He might just you know <laughs> kill uh, Republicans just for the hell of it. But uh, but I think they should go to the point of buying uh, buying excuse me of hiring somebody to assist them, uh, especially when they're in a group setting. Somebody to look out for their for their safety. Well, yeah. I mean, even if it's just um, people on their staff. To you know, to have the right to carry it um, themselves. So, I was absolutely. Just, yeah, I was just thinking about that because I know one thing out of this. What happened yesterday is that um, if you didn't have people in leadership at that at the field at that time, there would be no security because the only absolutely. reason they were there. So that's what I was thinking about as far as having at least some somebody else to be able to have to to carry. And, and, and that's a yeah. perfect example of what I was saying. If those Capitol Police guys had not been there, Lord knows what this guy would have done. But they they can't always be there. They were in the local area, so they traveled with them. Yeah. So these guys travel everywhere, to and from their apartment. And, and that's why I said, instead of trying to get them uh, trained up to defend themselves, 
they give them a, a, a stipend or allow them to hire someone that will, like I said, it doesn't. I don't want to use the term bodyguard, an assistant, a security assistant, or something in that nature. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Just this whole tragic incident that has happened now. Um, it's basically, to me, unfortunately, the media is making it a gun control issue, but really, it's a self defense issue because um, you're sitting out here in an open field or just anywhere. And you're just basically at at the shooter's will, you know, and that's a lot of times what happens. And we all should have the right to, you know, to defend ourselves. So that, that was just that's kind of one thing that I'm thinking about when I heard about this this um, incident that happened yesterday. And, and that's a good point. But yeah, I really appreciate your questions. I'm going to have to sign off now. I'm going to send you that information on the SKS, and hopefully we'll stay in touch in the future. All right. I appreciate your time. Thanks. All right, Jerry. Good evening. And thanks to Rick for joining us. And, um, and yeah, so it's – um that, that definitely was something that uh has been stuck in, in my mind as far as just – Everyone just basically having the basic, you know, the basic right to defend ourselves. And, you know, we have so many people in the media that are out there to <clears throat> just fighting against our basic rights. And it's it it can be maddening sometimes. But so anyway, um, that's it for this week. And like I said, I'll be ha I, hopefully I will have some some interviews from the young women's leadership summit and you know until next week we will chat with you later Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today.
Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.